Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 Cast, episode 19, where we bring you all things sports to your beautiful ears. This week's episode of the 8311 Cast, we're going to be talking about the MLB, the AAF, and of course, Cyclone Basketball. This week, we're going to have Kyle Mersch, Michael Ludwig, and myself, Wyatt Teeter, your hosts, bring you all these sports things. That's all I got. That was, that was a bad intro, I guess. See, this is why you should plan out your intros like you used to do. They're, they're usually not lines. that bad, though. Yeah, but sometimes like this, then they are. Yeah, they're mildly and then, awkward. Like, but to th- have like great things, you have to have bad things. Throw back to like episode 7, where you had like that really great intro after the uh, ISU Baylor brawl. Like, that was a great intro. Because that intro, so is the, the Bears one. That, that wasn't planned out, though. The Bears beats Battlestar Galactica? Was that that one? Yeah. No, I think it was uh, the Double Doinker episode. Because that was the same same week that Bama Bama played, right? They were rolling home. The roll tide was rolling home, something like that. I don't remember. doesn't matter. I remember it was a good we intro. We should just roll on out of this intro. Though. Roll on out of this intro and into some Cyclone women's basketball. And yeah. how awesome they are. Yes, it was another week for Cyclone women's basketball. And it was a little bit of an up and it down week. It was another week? It was another week, yes. Last okay. week was another week. And the Cyclones women's basketball team played during that week. And over the course of that week, they went one and one. They went on the road to TCU. Uh, during the middle of the week, I believe it was Wednesday, and uh, they did fall to TCU on the road, which isn't a bad loss. TCU is a decent team, but it was uh, a game that would have been nice to have if uh, they were going to stay in contention for the Big 12 title, which they really didn't have any chances of winning anyway, but now they're pretty much completely eliminated for it. But despite the loss, Bridget Carlton had 34 points and 10 rebounds. She's insane. She scored just under half our points in that in that game she played phenomenally despite the loss and yeah I don't really know what else I can say about it she's just a phenomenal player one of the best if not the best in Iowa State history and yeah it was phenomenal her number will be in the rafters yes that's been said at least twice on this podcast already but just confirming Mm-hmm. Also, Bridget Carlton, on a side note, is in my class. So, did you ask her why they lost? No, because you didn't tell me to, so I got. You no, you asked if you should, and then I didn't respond. I got scared. Have so you talked I, to her at all? No, I yeah. haven't. Why not? Actually, okay, so she was she was struggling on one of the problems, and I was sitting behind her, and I knew how to solve it. So I considered leaning forward and saying, "Hey, this is how you do it," but I chickened out. Well, you should just be like, hey, you need some help. Don't don't be that guy that's like, hey, this is how you do this. You're like, hey, you need some help with that? And she'll be like, yes, my savior. I and was, then you can be like, hey, you should come over and... I was in the pep band at one point, point and I watched you like two years ago, but... Exactly. And then play for the men's team. you can invite her over. Like that one time that Bridie came over to watch... Uh, oh, yeah. Watch the... Watch the, the end of the, the game. The, uh, the national championship game. Yeah, yeah, we live a, yeah. a few doors down from, uh, from some team members of the Cyclones women basketball team. And last year, Bridie uh, lived there, and she swung by because she saw that we were watching sports through the window. I think they have two apartments in her building this year. They might. I don't know. Nah, maybe. They have two separate ones. I don't know. They I always set off the fire alarms. alarms. Yeah, they have set off the fire alarms <laughs> quite a bit. Either they don't know how to idea. cook or they're burning too many candles. One of the two. Are they cooking chicken farm? One time Kyle set off our, our fire alarm. So, chicken, fun fact, chicken farm. I did not burn down a kitchen making chicken on Valentine's Day, so... Not on Valentine's Day, no, you're right, but on one of your first dates with your current girlfriend. girlfriend yeah, so let's uh, continue talking about yeah. the cycling. <laughs> we are, we're we're yeah. not even like so, three minutes in and we're already off the rails. After the, uh, after the uh, loss, they rebounded with a win against Oklahoma State, 
which was another great performance by Bridget Carlton, who had 24 points in front of all of her friends and family who made the trip down from Ontario. Oh, That's in Canada, Canada, by the way. Yep, they made the trip down from Canada. They took a, took a uh, club hockey bus all the way down. I talked to a couple of them on my way into uh, Hilton. They seemed like uh, they're, they're pretty good people, cheered loud. It was fun to have them there. Got a big win over Oklahoma State, which was good. Um, they should probably still be ranked in the top 25 when uh, when next week comes around. But uh, we'll have to see. It could, could go either way. We'll see how the teams around them did. But they have an absolutely huge game coming up next Saturday at home against the Baylor Bears. Uh, Baylor is the number one team not only in the Big 12 but in the nation. And they handled the Cyclones pretty easily when they played down in Waco a few weeks ago. So it'll be really interesting to see what the Cyclones can do at home to see if they can avoid suffering what would just be their second home loss of the year. They've only lost once at home, and that was to Texas. So it'll be really interesting to see what they can do against Baylor. I'm getting really pumped for that game. It should be a lot of fun. And that game is really going to go a long way to determine where they finish in the Big 12 standings. Realistically, they'll finish anywhere between second and fifth depending on how it turns out. As of right now, they are only, I think it's either a game or half a game out of second place with uh, number two Texas, with Texas being the number two seed that's in second place. Yeah, they are half a game behind Texas, who is the in second place, and they're tied for third with West Virginia. So that's, and then they could get caught. TCU is a game and a half behind them, so it's possible that TCU could catch them, but not necessarily likely. So anywhere from two to five is the realistic finish. Since Baylor has a four-game lead on the Cyclones, it's really not going to uh, not going to catch them even if they can beat them. But anyway, a two through two through five in the Big Twelve top half is nothing to scoff at. It's been a very good year for the Cyclone women's basketball team, and it'll be interesting to see how they can do against Baylor. Despite the women's team having two games this week. The men's team did not have two games this week. They only played one. It was a slow middle of the week for the Cyclone men's basketball team as they just kind of, uh, as they had, an, they had their off week this week until they came in for a huge game on uh, Saturday against K-State. And Kyle, you want to fill us in on how uh, that game against K-State went? That game turned out really well for the Cyclones. I think that the bye week came at a very good time uh, for Iowa State, who had an entire week to prepare to play K-State, whose defense has been playing really well as of late um, and just rolling in Big 12 play. They have had rattled off nine straight Big 12 conference wins, uh, starting when K-State took down Iowa State in Ames earlier this season. And since then, K-State has been playing really great basketball. But Iowa State came in and... The team seemed to have more energy and more confidence throughout the entire game, and that really showed in Taylor Horton Tucker and Lindell Wigington's play throughout the game. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker was shooting, well, the majority of his three-point shots from well beyond NBA range, um, and Lindell Wigington was also knocking down some long-range bombs as well. Uh, Cameron Lard added great intensity off the bench and had great minutes, especially in the second half when Michael Jacobson got into a little bit of foul trouble and then was shaken up on a play uh, midway through the second half as well. Um, but other than that, all of our players played as they should. Um, Shayak wasn't the leading scorer, but where, where he left off, Horton Tucker and Wickington were able to pick up with 20-point games 
apiece. They both broke the 20-point mark uh, in that game and both shot the ball really well from three. Uh, what didn't hap- What didn't work against TCU is working against K-State. All of our shots were falling. Uh, in the game against TCU, the Cyclones did not make many three-pointers at all, and that was uh, the Achilles heel of the game where we couldn't struggle to claw our way back in. But against K-State, all of them were falling. Uh, overall for K-State, um, Dean Wade did get shaken up in the second half. I uh, came out in a report after the game that it was a uh, twisted ankle or so a bum ankle is what he had suffered it looked like he hit something in his knee uh but or something was wrong with his knee like his knee buckled but i'm assuming he's going to uh get an mri on monday so coming up tomorrow and that'll be big for the wildcats who are going into a stretch that's crucial for them if they want to maintain their hold on as the front runner in the Big 12 right now. So with this weekend happening uh, and the shakeup of the standings just a little bit, K-State lost their lead in the Big 12 uh, slightly. They now only have a half game lead over two teams in Texas Tech and KU as Iowa State is sitting in third, tied for third, right, with Fourth. KU? Fourth? Okay. KU and Tech are tied KU for KU did win, third. so that put them a half game back up on That's us. Correct. Uh, so Texas Tech and KU are tied um, in second as they have a big game where they will, where they will match up against each other in Lubbock uh, coming up next Saturday. So that is a another blockbuster game uh, during the week. So be looking out for that as that will have big implications on the Big 12 title race as well. So for right now, as it shakes up, Case or Iowa State has uh, Baylor coming to town this week, which is a must-win home game. Baylor is a little bit shorthanded right now. They have only eight scholarship players available to play, as they have a couple of injuries. Uh, one of them has he's been out throughout the season, uh, but two others recently. They are currently day to day, so we will see if they will be ready to play on Tuesday or not in Ames. But going forward, obviously that big game. Uh, for Texas Tech and KU next weekend, and then K-State the Tuesday after that travels to Lawrence to take on the Jayhawks in what will be another big game. So KU still has a legitimate chance to win the Big 12, but um, this is my cry to all Big 12 teams out there. Please do not let this happen again. Let's, Let's have some... This is the closest any team has ever been Let's not make the. Let's not let KU win this. I mean, if we really wanted to let K, have KU not win it, we should have just lost K State. That's fair, but we want to win it though, right? Well, you 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 can't have it both. What what if you can't have it both ways? What would you rather have? The Cyclones be better or KU not win the Big Twelve? Wyatt, Kyle, go. Uh, well, self self preservation, I think trumps Cyclones KU be better. Yeah. Yep. I would I would agree. I just I just wanted to see what you guys would have to say about that. I wanted to put you on the spot and see if either of you would panic. I appreciate that neither of you did. Nobody no. panicked. Definitely not. Cool think... and calm, collected under pressure. What? That's not entirely cool, true. Cool, calm, collected under pressure. Nah. Most of the time, just you like your intramural bad. basketball team. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> the not. Basketball team is bad. You know what wasn't bad? I think you can really sum up the men's basketball game against K State with Michael Jacobson dunking. Yes. Uh, he got a dunk. Michael Jacobson finally dunked this year. He dunked. Cam Lard got another technical for screaming in the guy's face. 
which he, you know he, it's, it's, that's he, expected. He does that like three times a year. I, I find it very. This was his first time this year. Yeah. It was, but it happened like three or four times last yeah. year. Yeah, but so that's one thing that just goes to show. So he didn't have that much energy and emotion against TCU. But he had more energy and emotion against K-State. So the whole team mm-hmm. revolves around that. And in Steve Prohm's press conference, uh, after the K-State win, he talked about how there was way more energy in the huddle and energy on the court following timeouts in this win against K-State. And that's what we have to have going forward, especially getting into tournaments as in the Big 12 tournament coming up. And hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood, a deep... Uh, deep postseason run in the NCAA tournament this year. It's yeah. going to be great. It would be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. So you were mentioning uh, NCAA tournament and Big 12 tournament. So at this point in the year, what do you see for how the Big 12 shakes out, right, for as far as um, both how the tournament seedings are going to shake out and for how many teams are, uh, are going to make the NCAA tournament? So ESPN, um, going into here these last uh, six games, five or six games, depending on the team, um, of the uh, conference season, projects all four, projects Iowa State to finish with 12.1 wins, KU to finish with 12.2 wins, K-State to finish with 12.4 wins, and Texas Tech to finish with 12.5 wins. So that really shows for how close um, they expect this end of the conference season to be. How do you who do you see coming out on top of this four team mess and winning the conference, Kyle? Um it I will have a better indication of that in our next episode. I wanna see how That's a cop I wanna, answer. No, no, I wanna see the outcome. I wanna see the outcome between Kansas and Texas Tech before I make a final decision. Because I feel like that game is going to decide a lot and go a long way. Because after that, one of those two teams is going to be put severely behind the eight ball. And then that will make a big determination of what else happens. So for Iowa State's case, they're, one, of, one of their two biggest games remaining is at, or is at home against Texas Tech. And that's the last game of the year. That'll be senior night. So that could, be, could potentially be a game... To, fi- to decide the winner of the Big 12 regular season championship. But first, I need to see how those those two teams between Kansas and Texas Tech, who are currently in second place in the Big 12 tied together, uh, perform on Saturday and what the outcome of that game is before I can make a final answer. But for right now, I, I think it's going to be one of the top three teams right now. So Iowa State is on the outside looking in at winning a Big 12 championship. I think it's either K-State will either pull it out, but I need to see if Dean Wade is out for the next couple of games or not, because if he is, K-State is not the same team without with him on the court as they are without. So if if that's the case, then it'll come down to, to, to Texas Tech and KU. Okay. I think my money's on Texas Tech, just because I think KU has really struggled in road games this year. So I think that uh, Texas Tech is going to be able to handle them at home here this week. And I think that's going to put Texas Tech in the driver's seat, especially if Dean Wade is out for any extended period of time. So my money is on Texas Tech to take the Big 12. What do you think, Wyatt? I was also going to go with uh, Texas Tech. Um, they're, them and Kansas both are on a winning streak right now. And I think, like Kyle said, whoever loses that, that game is going to be behind the eight ball of Kansas versus Texas Tech. 
But, of course, I have a little piece of my cycling heart that wants to say that Iowa State's going to take the lead if we win out. I mean, I don't know. I, I think, realistically, Texas Tech's got it in the bag. I don't see K-State surviving in the top three of the conference for very much longer with or without Dean Wade. Um, obviously, they dropped further without him because he's a huge integral part of that team. And we kind of saw how they fell apart towards the end of the, end of the game versus Iowa State where he uh, broke his foot. But I, I would he agree with you saying, well, he was he was he sitting on the sideline like, man, this team can't win without him. <laughs> I mean, they really haven't won without face. him all year. So he, when he was out earlier this season, they lost, they lost some games to some very mediocre teams out in non-conference play. So this team is definitely not not the same team with him without him on the court. And that was the same uh K-State team that started out 0 and 2 in conference before Dean Wade came back. So his return really helped spark their run in conference play. Dean Wade to K-State is almost like LeBron to the Cavs or LeBron to any team. That's fair. Just, well, there's other teams that can actually, you know, hold their own without LeBron, but the Cavs definitely not. Yeah, but if you think about the Lakers right now without LeBron, they can't hold their own. They're bad. So LA's bad. So Just speaking of the tournament there. still, um as of as of Saturday while watching games, um Joe Lenardi, the bracketology Expert. Expert. I don't really like calling him. I would him just that. call him a bracketologist. The bracketologist it said or was had predicted that I believe eight teams from the Big Twelve would be in, and that included Oklahoma and TCU, I think. Yeah, TCU. So currently as it stands as of February 14th, uh Texas would be an eight seed which I expect Texas will be in the tournament. Um, K-State is a five seed, depending on how they play. I Their ceiling could be as high as a three, but I think between three and six is where they'll land. Um, moving on down, Iowa State is projected at a four seed. I think Iowa State's ceiling is a three seed, but I would expect a four probably out of them. Kansas is currently listed as a three seed. Uh, Baylor as an eight seed. Um, I know he had Oklahoma as a ten seed in one of the regions, but I don't believe that Oklahoma is going to make it in. They practically have to win uh, five out of their next six games, six remaining games, in order to have a realistic chance. Uh, that would put them still below five hundred in conference play. Now they did have a big win at TCU this weekend, but I still think Oklahoma is on the outside looking in. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they can eventually make it. I do think TCU will probably sneak in, depending on the, how they play down the stretch. But so, so you're saying seven Big Twelve? Probably. Teams you'd I would say seven to expect seven in there. What do you think, Mike? I think seven is probably a reasonable number. I think those those bubble teams are going to beat up on each other here down the stretch. Oklahoma, TCU. Uh, going to beat up on each other. Uh, Texas, a little bit of a bubble team as well, beating up on each other down the stretch that they're not all going to be able to make it. I think that it's going to be interesting to see. The bubble has been pretty weak this year. A lot of bubble teams have been either missing opportunities to pick up quality wins or just losing to bad teams and in ridiculous ways. So the bubble has been pretty soft, which might be able to help um, some of these big 12 teams who have been part of the teams that are losing. Like TCU comes and gets a huge win at Iowa State and proceeds to lose two straight games right after that. So they'd move themselves 
on the right side of the bubble and then proceeded to drop two straight games once they got that momentum. So with the soft bubble, I really don't know. I could see eight getting in. I think seven is probably the number that we'll get, but I could see it being eight depending on if the current trend continues with bubble teams keeping losing the way they have been. It'll be interesting to watch and keep uh, keep track of here as the next three weeks develop as we get closer to uh, Selection Sunday. Eight would also be the most that the Big 12 Conference has ever made into the tournament. Seven is what the conference has generally seen over the past couple of years uh, with teams being uh, Re- reasonably good in the entire Big 12 beating up in, on each other as they play a round robin schedule. So uh, we'll see how that all shakes up. But I am excited for tournament time and I'm excited to get through the rest of the season and get to the Big 12 tournament and then figure out where seeding lands and where, where Iowa State will end up playing their first round match. Yeah, it'll be fun. Section Sunday, I believe, is, is it five weeks away now? Four weeks away now? Something like that. I believe it's four. Yeah, I think it's four weeks from now is Selection Sunday. One, two, three, It's the four. 17th yep. of March. Yep, four weeks from now is Selection <laughs> Sunday. So something to get excited about here coming up over the next month. But also something that I'm not excited about that I am pissed off about this week is Iowa basketball. So as we were, as we were finishing recording up our episode uh, last week, I was glancing at some scores as we were recording and saw that Iowa was getting ab- was getting pounded by Northwestern. And I was like, good, Iowa's going to lose. I like that. I come back, I check after we're done recording, and I see that Iowa had hit a buzzer-beating three to knock off Northwestern after coming back. You don't like that. And no, I don't like that, but I was like, okay, whatever. Sometimes those happen, whatever, that's cool. And then I was watching the end of the Iowa-Rutgers game on Saturday, and Rutgers hits a big shot to go up, take the lead with about three and a half seconds left in the game. They take a one-point lead. And Iowa goes down again and hits a buzzer-beating three to win the game. Like, I, that, how lucky can you get to hit two buzzer-beating threes to win games within the same week? Those are both games that Iowa should have ended up losing, and they ended up winning both of them. How lucky can you get to especially, be able to do that? Well, especially this last one. It was a baseball heave. Three-quarters court that got tipped into the corner. One of their guys grabs it, turn around, falling out of bounds onto the bench. It essentially no look drains it from the corner. And not only did you join it, it it glanced off the side of the backboard before it went in. The side of the backboard. Shots aren't supposed to go in when they hit the side of the backboard. That ball had no business being anywhere near the rim. And it ended up going in. I was upset when I saw that. that was, I was not happy. That it was, was like a heat-seeking missile, and it found the found the hoop. Yeah, it did. I I was just really upset that Iowa managed to get two buzzer beaters. They should have two more losses than they do right now. Be out of the top twenty-five and be a little more square, a little more on the bubble than they are right now. But somehow they managed to get two wins, and I am not happy about it. Well, Jill and Artie has them as a six seed right now, so I don't right, think they'd but if make they would, it all the way but to if the they bubble. Would, but if they would have lost to two bad teams in Northwestern and Rutgers. Those are two of the bottom feeders in the Big Ten. Those they, are two well, bad losses. They'd, they'd go to an eight or a nine seed, which right, would be but that's, great. But that's still on the bubble. And then they'd have to play the one seed after that. So then we could see Iowa get destroyed in the tournament, which would be great. Yeah, I like seeing Iowa lose. Kind of how they got destroyed by Stanford a couple of years ago in football. In the Rose that Bowl. Was fun. That was fun. That was fun. I enjoyed watching that. So, uh, well, the Rose Bowl is generally warm, but in Iowa right now, it is super cold and that is another reason why all it's of our not, 83 it's 11 super degrees, cold. It's 23 okay. degrees okay. warm it's, it's been it's nice out it's been ridiculously cold it was ridiculously recently. cold it hasn't like been cold it's been snowing yeah but we've had it we 
we have had a lot of snow. Yeah. And we're, and we're, we're still, scheduled we're to get a lot more snow. We're still under average for yearly snowfall. But, we don't usually... Yeah, yearly snowfall. This is all happening in the span of two weeks. We, we this is not, the worst winter since the four of us have been in school. That's not true. Yes, it is. This is the most... This is the most winter precipitation we have had in, in this short of a time frame maybe it, this is not maybe this is not the worst winter in our time at isu i don't yeah i don't know if it's the i worst hate winter, winter. I, I also hate, hate winter. winter i will second that i love can winter winter is fun yeah well you're from minnesota and you're dumb so you can just leave <laughs> go back go back to the north i will just not right now i gotta graduate first no go back to the north right now you no, don't get to graduate no, i need to anymore. graduate so is that what you're pissed off about this week, Kyle? Yes, I don't you're like the winter. the winter. I'm pissed off about winter. I'll, I'll, I'll second that. That's I was mainly I'm pissed not... off about winter because my car wouldn't want didn't want to start, but now it started. Thanks, thanks to Wyatt helping yeah, me out. Yeah, I, so. I got you, fam. I got you. It fam. started today, so so it's still winter. But what marks the start of spring? Uh, pitches the and catches NCAA reporting. tournament. Pitchers and catches reporting to spring training. Oh, that was the correct answer. Hasn't that already happened? That did already happen. So why is it still snowing? Because it can snow in spring. No, it's not supposed to. It's only supposed to snow in spring if you play baseball in Minnesota, which is the reason why that the Minnesota Twins need to have a dome. in May? Yeah, that was stupid. I enjoyed it. It was stupid. Now we can move on. Yeah, pitchers and catchers reported to spring training. And uh, most position players either reported here on Sunday or will report within the next couple of days and workouts will start for full squads. So it's, uh, it's really exciting getting to see uh, reports from Fort Myers, getting to uh, see some videos, the pitchers and catchers working out. It's been really fun to see. The spring training games actually start this week too. Uh, Saturday is when most teams have their uh, official spring training opener. So we are definitely getting um, we are definitely getting close to baseball season. The games will start to be played here this week, but something that is still ongoing that I think we've talked we talked about it two weeks ago and maybe even last week too is that free agency is still going really slow. As of this recording, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, uh, Craig Kimbrell, Dallas Keuchel, those are the big four. All Marwin Gonzalez, all still unsigned. We sound like a broken right record. I mean. And the players this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, and, I mean, even the players are starting to get upset about it too. Adam Wainwright was uh, put on the or put a quote out there uh, early this week that said the the players are getting really upset that a midseason walkout isn't even outside of the realm of possibility at this point with the uh, with the mid with the uh, the slow free agent market. The players are just really getting upset about it, and that. It's something, even if it doesn't, you know, result in, in a labor stoppage here this year, it's going to be a huge sticking point with the collective bargaining agreement notification uh, negotiations coming up here in, in 2021. Well, and it's even starting to spill over into players who aren't even up for contract, who aren't even uh, close to reaching free agency yet. So the Yankees just extended Luis Severino and the Phillies extended Aaron Nola, and they took probably significantly less money than they could have earned in free agency just to be guaranteed a contract and be guaranteed to be playing for a team. Now, granted, they're pitchers who benefit from being at spring being at spring training when pitchers and catchers report right away so that they can work on their mechanics and get ready for the season, but 
They they took significantly less money than they could have made on the open market. It's getting ridiculous. The MLB needs to change something, and they need to do it fast. Otherwise, baseball is not going to happen at some point. The players are going to get fed up, and the players are just going to say, nope, we're not doing this. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, first of all, where those players sign, because that could make a big impact in how this season is going to shake out. Somebody could turn into an instant contender if they were able to get uh, Harper or Machado. But it's also going to be interesting to see how the uh, bad bad free agency is going to affect labor negotiations, going to affect owner-player relations here coming down in the next few years. There could be long-term ramifications for the sport of baseball because of these last two years of slow-moving free agency. agency if something doesn't correct itself on its own. I mean, I hope we're not headed towards a, a strike or a lockout or anything like that. But it's seeming more and more likely each each week and the more players come out as being upset about this. It seems more and more likely that at some point we're going to we're gonna run into a labor stoppage here. But I don't know. We'll really have to see. I really don't want that to be the case because I love baseball and I want to watch ev- as much of it as I can. But... Yeah, I don't know. Something has to change here because the players aren't going to keep standing for and this over Justin, the time. Justin Verlander, who's normally not one to go publicly on the record about a lot of stuff, came out and said that he's sick and tired of it too. So even players who who don't usually speak up are getting upset and speaking up about it now, and they hate seeing it. And in the meantime, we nobody has any remote idea where Manny Machado or Bryce Harper are going to end up landing. No, we had there's a general idea of what teams have talked to them, but any team at this point could enter in into the market, and I feel as if their value is just going to keep decreasing. And I don't, I don't know. We might see that maybe one or if not two of these players sit out, hold out for an entire season. I don't know if that would be the case as they've, I think it was Manny Machado reported or said that he wasn't going to sign until he sees where Bryce Harper goes or vice versa. I think both of them are trying to wait and see who gets what. And I see this ending up as a case of they, one or both of them might sit out the entire year and wait until next season. I Which would be detrimental to their value. No, no, they're not going to sit out a year. That it, it, it couldn't. You could not stay in good enough baseball shape to be able to be any semblance of yourself after sitting out an entire year like that. They, they are not going to sit out. They will play this year. It's just a matter of when they'll get signed and get to camp. That might be a if right. they if they will go to camp. Maybe they'll sign and by the time the season's right about to start in April. I mean, then they'll have to go to extended spring to see some action before they could. Could play you. You can't immediately go right into a big league game, and it just baseball doesn't work like that. They're gonna have to go to extended spring if they don't sign far enough in advance. But they'll sign eventually, hopefully soon. Give us something more to talk about because I'm excited about baseball starting because I love baseball. Well, speaking of baseball, didn't you have something that you wanted to inform us on in baseball this week? Maybe one of your stupid rules. Um, well, I don't have any stupid rules. I have amazing, awesome rules that I inform you about every week. And so since I've gotten baseball fever, um, we're probably uh, going to 
stick with some baseball rules here for probably the next four or five weeks until baseball season starts. But so this one is so you've often heard, you know, um, the thing where um, you've got this issue where what if I were to, you know, dive and catch the baseball in my hat? Or what if, I don't know, for some reason I threw my shoe at the baseball to knock it down, right? Because it was going to be right too far of my head. So I threw my shoe at it to try to knock it down. Things like that. So what happens in those situations, right? Is that legal? Things like that. So according to Major League Baseball rules, that it is against the rules um, if you intentionally touch a batted ball with a part of your uniform that is detached from its proper place. So you can't, you know, you can't use your hat as a glove to catch the ball while it's in play. That would be against the rules. You can't throw something at part of your uniform at the ball to try to stop it. Things like that would be against the rules. In the case that something like that happens, all runners, including the batter, advance three bases. So it's a pretty severe penalty for doing something like that with, a, uh, with three bases for everybody, essentially a, a triple for the batter if you do that. So yeah, according to MLB rule 7.05 B through E, that would be what would happen if you were to like throw your shoe or your hat to try to uh, stop a baseball that's obviously going to go past you. Does that make sense? What's interesting is that I actually knew about that rule because two years ago... Um, the Phillies, I think they ended the game on... Who was their their pitcher? Uh, Pavetta? Nick Pavetta? Ended up catching a ball in his jersey that was ruled an out, which shouldn't have happened. But the, the umpire ruled out an out on the field, and it was the end of the inning. Well, according to the rules, as long as the jersey is properly attached to his body, if he catches it in his jersey, that's legit. If he, like, took off his jersey and threw it at the ball, that wouldn't count. But as long as it was still attached, then it should count. Are you sure? That's what the rule says. The rule says, the and I there's quote, another rule that says, because there's another one that allows them to advance two bases instead of three. And I think that's if it's unintentional. Um, I could be wrong. Don't don't quote me on that. I just know that that shouldn't have happened in that game with the Phillies. They were playing uh, the Dodgers, I think. I, I just remember re- reading about it after it happened. But uh, anyway, that's that, that's all I got. Sorry, I think I just... I, might have made you research something now. My, my bad. No, you're good. I was looking forward, but I'm not 100% sure. I'll get back to you for next week about that. Sounds good to me. And while baseball season hasn't officially started, started yet. Yes, like, it is. No, it has not. There's no, yes, there's no games. Catches supporting spring training games haven't started. started yet. Games start this week. Yeah, opening, but they haven't started opening yet. Opening day has not come upon us yet. There's no opening day. No baseball. It's games time to watch baseball. yet. And college football has been over for, you know, well over a month. Super Bowl just happened a few weeks ago. But we do have some football to watch, and that is the AAF, the Alliance of American Football. And I think Kyle's going to fill us in on what happened over weeks one and two in the AAF. Yeah, so we debuted uh, the AAF in our podcast last week, and we talked a little bit about some of the rules that you'll expect to see and some of the changes in comparison to the NFL uh, as games are played throughout the AAF. Um, so this week was kind of an interesting, there was an interesting matchup as the Orlando Apollos took on uh, San, the San Antonio uh, Commanders in San Antonio this week. And it was the only undefeated, or it was the uh, two teams that were both undefeated coming into it. And they 
played each other, and it was a, actually a very thrilling game in what happened or what came out of it. Uh, the final score was 37 to 29, but it was a nail biter all the way through, uh, as reported. Um, so the Apollos are, oh gosh, is it the Apollos that are coached by Steve Spurrier? I am not sure who the coaches are in the AAF. Well, Steve Spurrier, the former, the former coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks, uh, is officially coaching for, um... Does somebody want to look that up for me real quick? Yeah, I got it's you. E- it's either the Orlando Apollos or the San Antonio Commanders, but one of the two. So you're starting to see some familiar faces in this league, as well as some former NFL players uh, who are ending up playing in this league as well as their chance to continue playing football. Maybe they've had unsuccessful careers in the NFL, and it's just a platform to get them back in the national spotlight. Spoiler coaches for Orlando. Orlando. Okay, so... Uh, in, it was actually funny in one of the games, Steve Spurrier called out a play as he's coordinating the offense and calling in plays for the game. And he called in a play and he said, how about you tell the wide receiver to catch it this time? So there's a lot of great in-game stuff that you can hear that they may, that, uh, CBS is, uh, actually broadcasting in their televised games, which is great. But one thing that is... That could hurt the AAF is how CBS is going to be broadcasting these games. They're some. They're only going to be televising them on the CBS Sports Network, which is not a common TV package for most uh, networks right now. It is generally an add-on rather than CBS Primetime. Now, some of these games are going to see uh, primetime action, but it could end up hurting their ratings. Now, speaking of ratings, the AAF did get big television wins, especially topping uh, viewership of NBA games. And to, to me personally, NBA games are more of a event that you need to go to rather than watching on TV. And I do believe that the American population was generally excited about a new football league coming out and they wanted to check it out. I do expect those ratings to decline as some of them are aren't going to know as many of the players, but there are some former NFL uh, players that could be coming to the league. It's still undecided whether uh, I was just, I just saw a report that Colin Kaepernick could still be in in contention to become the face of one of these uh, teams in the AAF. If he does not uh, indeed make an NFL team uh, coming up next season. So that would be, something that would obviously bring viewership to another team uh, in the AAF as well. So other than that, uh, the Apollos win and uh, the, oh gosh, the Arizona, hold on. I'm, I got to look something up about Arizona right now. In the meantime, I, I want to clarify what happened in Stupid Rules. I actually looked it up. This is um, in baseball, uh, rule 5.09, making an out, subsection A defines a catch, that that is making a runner out. Uh, a catch is the act of a fielder in, in getting secure possession in his hand or glove of a ball and fighting firmly holding it, providing he does not use his cap, protector, pocket, or any other part of his uniform in getting possession. 
So there's nothing wrong with him catching in his jersey, but it shouldn't have been ruled an out. Okay, so he yeah. shouldn't have gotten any bases for it. Like it should have just been, you know, like a hit, a single, whatever. Yep. Whatever base he got to is where he should have been. Exactly. But it should not have been called an out. Exactly. So okay. I was a little confused, but it is related to your rule that you that you brought up. Yes, it is. Just slightly different. So it's the, the difference is that it wasn't intent. He didn't intentionally use his uniform in an illegal way. Exactly. Exactly. So back to you, Kyle. Back to the AAF. So the AAF is split up into two divisions as uh, there is an East Division and a West Division. Currently in the East Division, there is the Birmingham Iron, the Orlando Apollos, the Atlanta Legends, and the Memphis Express. So the Birmingham Iron and the Orlando Apollos are both undefeated sitting at 2-0 uh, after this week. And in the West Division, the Arizona Hotshots, the San Antonio Commanders, the San Diego Fleet, and the Salt Lake City Stallions are in the West Division with the Arizona Hotshots still having an undefeated record as well. Now, there is a game that is still currently underway um, on Sunday night, so it will be over uh, when this beautiful podcast hits your ears. But the San Diego Fleet and the Atlanta Legends are both currently playing a game in San Diego. So, but that won't that game won't have any implications on who is undefeated. Rather, it will have implications on who still does not have a win as both of those teams come into the game sitting at 0-1. So we will keep you updated on all AAF news going forward and the standings as they happen each week. Very nice. I'll be interested to see what the uh, how the AAF continues as we, uh, as we go along. But... I'm I'm interested to see how the ratings do specifically. See if the quality of football is good enough that we will still be on there. And another one other thing that's still interesting to note is NFL Network does pick up a few of these games. As uh, we saw in Week One, Salt Lake at Arizona was aired on NFL Network, and in Week Two. Uh, Arizona at Memphis and Atlanta at San Diego. So the game that is currently happening tonight, as well as another one of the games are aired on NFL Network, which is an additional package that you do have to pay for. So um, a lot of people, I guess, who do own these uh, packages for the NFL games are available to watch these uh, games while the AAF is being played. But other than that, it's going to be hard to get viewership from um, the entire country for people who don't pay extra for those packages or don't have access to those packages. It's certainly going to be interesting to see who tunes into these. And I'm I'm honestly excited about the AAF. I think it's going to be really cool to watch. But you know what's even cooler than that? Cooler than the weather that's going on outside? I'll write that down. Accountability session. Because we're cool. Cool cats. Yep. Yeah. So it is write that down accountability time, as Wyatt said. Uh, we had four predictions come off the board last week, after, or this last week, even though we only had one come off the board. Actually, we had none come off the board last week, except we actually had one, but I missed it. So we're going to uh, come back this week and fill you in on it. But anyway, the uh, first prediction or the furthest in history prediction that we had come off the board was one that I made way back in November. I predicted that uh, Mike Moustakis would be uh, signed by the Twins this offseason. It was announced on Sunday that he signed with the Brewers. So for that, I get a nah. nah. Um, the prediction that came off the board last week that I forgot to mention because I forgot to write it down on a write-that-down sheet, even though, you know, the name of write-that-down is write-it-down. Anyway, 
was that Josh had predicted that over a three-game stretch, the three-game stretch that end, uh, it was West Virginia, West Virginia, Texas, and Oklahoma. Is that correct, Kyle? The three-game stretch that Josh predicted that the Cyclones would score a 35 win by a combined total of at least 35 Oklahoma points. Oklahoma was in there too. Yeah, Oklahoma was the third one. So Oklahoma, West Virginia, West somebody Virginia in Oklahoma. Anyway, he predicted that we'd win by a total of 35 or more points. We won those games by a total of 31 points. So for that, Josh gets a... Two uh, predictions came off the board with the uh, K-State game on Saturday. The first was Wyatt's prediction that Lindell Wigginton will start on or before the K-State game. He still has not started since coming back from injury. So for that, Wyatt gets a... The other prediction that came off the board was last week, Wyatt predicted that... Mario Shayak would score 20 plus points against K-State. He had 13 points, 12 points, 12 or 13, which is not 20 or more. So for that, Wyatt could say, nah. All right, Wyatt, you want to start us off with your prediction for this week? What do you got? Yeah, I got something kind of fun. It's that Coach Prome will remove his jacket within the first 45 seconds of the Texas Tech game. Of the Texas Tech game? Yes, the Texas Tech so game. So our last home game. Yes. It's going to be intense. He's going to remove his jacket. 45 seconds of real time or game t- or clock time? Oh, oof. let's do clock time. Easier to easier to tell. All right. Sounds good. Single. Uh, for, just for some... Uh, what? Single? Nah. He usually takes a few minutes to take his jacket off. This last game, it was 10 seconds. That the was an intense game. game. <laughs> no, that was an intense game. It was also hot in Hilton. It's going to be hot in Hilton in March because it's going to start to warm up, but they're still going to have the nah, heat on. It's going to be senior yeah. night, too. He's going to rip the jacket off real fast. What if I bring it down to 10 seconds? <laughs> um, uh, home run? <laughs> Unless is that like, what, what, what if it's like coaches versus cancer game where they don't wear suits and he doesn't wear a jacket? Ah, he always has a jacket on. There's so many nose with is it staying at 45 or going to 10? I don't know. I'm thinking. Let's keep it at 45. I won't be that guy. Single. I'll defer to Kyle because I haven't been paying attention to coach's jacket habits, so I don't know uh, what to say there. So we'll, we'll, we'll defer to Kyle on that. Speaking of Kyle, what's your prediction? Go, Mike. Kyle obviously <laughs> is very prepared without a prediction yet. So I will predict that... Iowa State will have a higher seed in the NCAA tournament than Iowa. That is my write-that-down prediction for the week. What do you guys think? Single. Single. That's fair. I had single written down on the (laughs) sheet before they even (laughs) said anything. So that's what I've got. Are you ready now, Kyle, or do you need Josh to go? Uh, Let's see here. Iowa State will make a deeper tournament run than Iowa. In the NCAA tournament. So you basically just copied my prediction and changed it a little bit. No, a deeper tournament you're like, run you're is like, different. You're, you're like the person who glances at somebody else's test and is like, ooh, that's a really good answer, you but pick. I can't put the exact same one, so we're going to we're gonna do no, something No, okay, else. okay, I have a good one. The, <laughs> Mini- the Minnesota Twins will have to delay one of their uh, baseball games in the first month in Minneapolis due to weather. Single. Single. It rains a, a lot in Minneapolis in April. It rains a lot everywhere in April. Hell, it's probably going to snow. I shouldn't even probably give you... Probably going to no, snow. That prediction can't even go on the board. That, so, no, no. Try again. We're going <laughs> to go with Josh as well. You try again. Dean Wade will miss two games for K-State. I'll give you that At one. At least. The single. 
We'll give him a single for that, though. He His MRI hasn't he broke, came out yet. But he broke that foot. Not and it, well, he, it, previously he broke that foot. It wasn't, it wasn't broken. It was, it was a hairline fracture. It wasn't that's completely broken. broken. The, the bone is still broken. It wasn't completely intact. I'm, I'm going to say a single. Mike, what do you think? That's got? fair. A single is fair. And now, Josh couldn't be with us tonight, but he did uh, give me his write-that-down prediction in advance. And that is that the Cyclone men's basketball team will only lose one of their remaining games. So the same prediction that I made last week, except I made it about the Cyclone women. He's making it now about the Cyclone men. Is that one or less or just one? Um, I was told we'll lose one. That's what I have. That's what I have written down. Oh, man. Is one. Uh, at Texas and at TCU. The exact quote is Cyclones will only lose one of remaining games. At TCU, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think we're going to be so, so riled up about... Uh, losing to them at home. That we didn't think that but, home game was going to be an issue. But now they're going to be Then we up. got yeeted on. Yeah, that was kind of our fault. That was more our fault than it was TCU's good playing. Not not saying, not not discounting their win by any means. They, they played great. But I think I don't think we're going to have an issue at TCU. At Texas, maybe. And then versus Texas Tech at the end of the, end of the run. Double? Yeah, double seems fair to me. Double? I'll give them a double. Kyle, double? I mean, it wouldn't matter anyway. I mean, so yeah, we'll have two votes. Well, you could so. you could still throw something in there. We could debate back and forth. Looks like double. Kyle doesn't want to debate. All right, sounds good to me. Uh, was that was that all four? One, that two, was all three, four of us three, in four. the end. One, it was like two, one, two, three, 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 four. Three, yeah. four. <laughs> good Kyle. So now that we have four, write that downs on the books. I think that means that write that downs finished. Yes, Which for I this think, week. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that also signals the end of the episode. Usually, right? unless we want to do something weird. No, we're week. just going to debate a little bit longer. Well, we're not. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 8311 Cast, episode 19. Check us out every Monday for new episode of iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. Signing off, 8311 Cast, we have your hosts... Kyle Marsh. Mike Lubbock. And Wyatt Tudor. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the 8311 Cast. And allowing us to bring all things sports to your beautiful ears. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Have a wonderful week and enjoy the Cyclone win over the Baylor Bears. Knock on wood.